This is the Sportzilla Show. Where'd you go to college? Syracuse? I'm not going to come in here and just have an easy day. Just wondering if Sportzilla is going to be on. Rain, we know the Knicks are a dumpster fire. Uh Uh-oh, Matt's talking about the Patriots again. Can't wait. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Q Sports Talk on twitch.tv where whenever we're on, they talk about fishing. Seriously. Before you uh, begin on your little rant here, we need to change that piece of imaging. Why? What did it say? It said uh, the next year a dumpster fire. We can't say that anymore. Oh, my God. That's true. Well, it's one of those things where you just figured it was never going to change. So we just kept it there. Hold on. Hold on. Let me okay. Okay. Here. All right. I have, we we're going to talk about them in a few minutes, but I'll have to interject this now since you brought it up. All right. Thanks for feeding me. The New York Knicks had the lowest projected win total, the lowest payroll in the league, five first round picks in the next three years. And they're currently on what is now a nine-game winning streak, and they're seven games over 500. Wow. They are firmly in the top four in the Eastern Conference. They're scaring other teams. They have to be. They shot up to, like, was it 10 or 11 in the power rankings? Needless to say, they're not in the bottom of the power rankings. It's just mind-blowing, really. But uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, let's see. Cartoons, um, random 80s sitcom, Wizard of Oz. That's the first comment that I'm seeing since we jumped on the air in the Twitch chat as we go back there. So we can discuss the Knicks then instead. How's that? Sounds good. Okay, fishing is, I guess, still perfectly fine. Matt Page, I'm Rain. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. It is the week of the NFL Draft. That'll be a topic of conversation. We're going to go heavy on that at numerous different times today. That includes on the phone. I'll start at 3.30. Joe Coletta, a good friend of ours, is going to join us again uh, he spent some time at Coastal Carolina, was in camp with the Browns at one point. Massive, if you like, six foot nine, 300 plus pound offensive lineman, uh, and, and a dude that just eats, sleeps, and drinks football. We're going to go through the draft with him. We're going to talk, we're going to focus obviously on the three players of interest that were in the defensive backfield for Syracuse. Uh, we'll look at the Bills, the Jets, probably his Broncos. He's a big Broncos fan. Talk about your Patriots, potential of a trade there, maybe. You're hearing that, and then you're not hearing that. It just depends. Are these QBs. The typical week of smoke fires that happen. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's just going to be overload of NFL draft. I just want it to be Thursday so we can watch the damn thing. You know? Yes. Mac Jones in the San Francisco 49ers. See, there you go. You're starting. What? <laughs> Talking about the draft. I, I can't help it. I know. Is there anything else to talk about? No, seriously. He's rumored to go to the 49ers with a third pick, right? But if you look through, and, and there's numerous different lists of BPA, best player available, or let's say a ranking of the top 100 overall players. doesn't matter if it's a quarterback or what position they play. And do you know who was not, say, third, fourth, fifth, sixth? I don't even see him in the top 10 in the one I'm looking through right now. But that just goes to show you the importance of quarterbacks and selecting the right ones. The Jets are going to do this again with Zach Wilson. The Bears got to get one right eventually, don't they? Uh, eventually. Uh, there's some other... Pro- hey, you know what? The Patriots would probably like to have a new franchise quarterback instead. It'd be nice. Where the Band-Aid of Cam Newton is back yet again. And I'm sorry for going right down that path of the NFL draft. I'll, I'll try to make sure we sprinkle this in frequently over the next couple of hours. Hope you're good, my friend. Uh, all the regular stuff lined up for you. We've got Does It Matter, Masters of the Obvious, You're Killing Me Small segment. 
Uh, we're going to talk to Chris Stacy at 2.30 about those New York Yankees who may have flipped the script on their season. I don't know if they've turned the corner or not, but we'll unpack that. Sound check at 3 o'clock. Yeah, I, I never give it to you in straight sequential order. It's just ever. It's ever. always all over the place. It jumps around like my brain. So that being said, um, I just, I, I got to talk about Weidman. I, I do. Chris Weidman broke his leg, fibia and tibia. There's now a steel rod inserted in there. Eight weeks before he can walk and or considered like driving a car. Wow. Six to 12 months for full recovery to start to train again, depending. And that's where his mind is already. That's amazing. Chris Weidman also, I have hosted a couple of events with him over the years. And an awesome guy. And when I saw that, for me, because I've... I've spent time with him. I've talked to him quite a bit before the event started, during the events, and after. And he's just an awesome guy. He was amazing to everybody. Uh, we did a couple of them a few years ago. There was a UFC event, many will remember, yep. at the Adirondack Bank Center in Utica. And, and he was on that card. And, of course, he fought the other. He fought on Friday night, UFC 261. And I guess, I don't, I'm not saying he's my favorite UFC fighter. He's just one that I have had personal interactions with. And, and some great conversations. And it wasn't just about MMA or UFC. It was just about life. I interviewed him on the air. And I'm like, wow, this is back in the K-Rock days, obviously, when I was full-time doing that. And I'm just like, oh, man. But it's emotional for you because you've talked to this guy before on a couple of occasions. And you've thought he was a great person. Yeah. And, and, and of course, I just respected him. I mean, the All-American. The dude is, is a bad ASS. I'll say it that way. And I saw that. I was like, oh, man. And then just a natural reflex to swing his leg back around and plant his foot again. And then you saw it and you went, whoa. Yep. And I mean, I was tweeted by a couple of people who were like, I, I can't look. Your Theisman, Alex Smith, it was reminiscent of the destruction of Tiger Woods' leg from his car accident. And, and I mean, horrific injuries like that. I, I forget the player on Louisville a couple of years ago yeah, yeah. in the Final Four. I forgot his name off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody will let us know uh, once we get into back into the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk in a couple of minutes. But that was just crazy. I Kevin guess, Ware. Kevin Ware. We got it already? Yes. Somebody hit us up? Oh, yeah. Jordan. We got a correction. Uh, Jeremiah was a bullfrog already running things. We'll get a Twitch chat up or a Twitch poll up there in just a few minutes. It uh, has to pertain to that. Uh, it, it's got to pertain to Weidman right now. And we're going to talk about that with Alex Kahn, too, in just a couple of minutes. And yeah, his Cowboys in the draft, it'll always go there. And But it was just it was horrifying when you saw it. I, I, Terrible injury. Every time I picture it again in my head, which you you can't not for some reason, the video plays if you saw it, and you go, oh, oh my goodness. But, man, just inspired the best meme going. I hate to say it, though. The Rogan meme is, it just applies to everything. Just the whole broadcast booth was a meme. It was great. It just applies to everything. So it's a Sports Hill show on ESPN Radio. A lot to get to today as we get back into a work week on a Monday. Weather's going to warm up, and so are you. Are you ready to get to Does It Matter? Why don't you ask me a few questions? There's much to discuss today. Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? So I guess I'll start off with the Twitch poll since you asked for one. Yeah. Do injuries make you want to watch UFC less? Yes, no, or depends on how bad said injury is. For me, I'm going to go in here. Yes, no, depends on how bad. I'm going to um, say no. I'm going to say no. Nope. I, I just feel like you know what you're watching when you watch UFC. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. And it's just kind of part of it. it. It's part of it, unfortunately. Whether you like it or not, it's what what these guys are signing up to do. Didn't Dak, remember Dak Prescott's ankle? Yes. And if you're watching that game, it, listen, on every single play, something like that could happen. You never want to see it. But or you, Gordon Hayward with the Celtics a couple years back. But you know it could happen. So unfortunately, you know what you're getting yourself into if you if this is what you choose to consume for entertainment purposes. Okay, next question. <laughs> I like how you put this one in here, but uh, does it matter that Bayheim sneakers were great? Yeah. Did anybody uh, happen to check out the the Jim and Julie Bayheim Foundation and, and the basketball uh, held virtually for the second year in a row, but at Turning Stone, Farah and Nico did a great job hosting that. But his sneakers, just old school. I think they ended up auctioning them off too. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. The bow tie game they had going on was solid. But then I saw the Heim sneakers and I'm like, I want those. I was so jealous. I'm like, I want those. And I actually had a pair of those way back in the day. But now, have you looked at the price point on those? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I don't think I can afford those. But anybody that saw them, I want to know what people think that did in the Q Sports Talk in the Twitch chat. Because those were money, man. I gotta get. I'm. I'm going to ask for a pair for Father's Day. Let's see if I get them. <laughs> Good luck with that. Combine that with my birthday and Christmas, and let's hook a bald man up. Next question. Does it matter that Stephen A. Smith says the Lakers need LeBron James back ASAP to avoid the playing tournament because they're teetering on the brink of that right now? That was not even in consideration for the Lakers until AD went down and then followed up by LeBron. It's good to see AD getting back. I have to assume LeBron is really close at this point. But w- would it be But does it really matter though if they get into the play-in tournament? No. They're just going to house everyone else anyway. Yeah, they're going to demolish who's there. Listen, if they once the playoffs start, whether they're in the play-in tournament or not, or they're going to crush everybody. Yeah. Right? NBA finals for them. Pretty much. Pretty much seems. Pencil them in. It's not going to flame out early for the Lakers. I don't think that that's a major concern for anybody. Sports Illustrated Show, and does it matter here on ESPN Radio? Next question. Does it matter that in some people's opinions, the Padres and Dodgers are a better rivalry than the Yankees and Red Sox? No. Um, I'm going to take credit for that. And I'm sure others might have the same opinion, but that is my opinion. Specifically my opinion. As a Yankees fan, I am stating that right now there is more juice in the Padres-Dodgers rivalry than there is in the Yankees-Red Sox right now. Is it, it because the Yankees are trash? No, no, no. I wouldn't say they're trash. Right now they've... they won terrible. A, they won a few games in Cleveland. They're better than they were even a week ago. It's because Trevor Bauer and Tatis Jr. <laughs> and it, listen, it's energizing the game. Yes, it is. We're talking about it more in social media and in pop culture. It, it's... They're becoming household names because they're making it fun. They're chirping each other on Twitter. It's engaging people, casual fans. They're 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 just for the sauce, man. As far you know what I mean? Yes. You might yeah. not be a Padres fan or a Dodgers fan, but these two players are doing this, and you need to see more of it. And I gotta give Trevor Bauer credit. Some people roll their eyes at him. Okay, he does some ridiculous things, but the fact that he said, "No, I don't mind when hitters react that way." We go back and forth. He even had a little something going back and forth with Eric Hosmer. This is good stuff. You more of this. That's right? amazing. It's must-watch television when Tatis plays or when the Padres and Dodgers play now. Uh, does it matter that Tatis uh, stole the sign before he hit that home yeah, run? He probably did. Who cares? You know what? Good for does him. Does it matter? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Six home runs against the Dodgers already this year. Six. 
He's pretty good. Not bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little shady, but <laughs> still. Hey, if you can do it and get away with it, why not? I, I like the covering of the eye. I like the back and forth. I say bring it on. The game needs it. Let's get a couple more questions in. Does it matter that Diana Taurasi said that Tiana is a baller? Yeah, that's high praise considering the source. Yes. Uh, she gets into training camp. The WNBA is underway. Uh, Shanae Ogumake with double duty between ESPN Radio, and she's in the Los Angeles Sparks now. Good for her, by the way. That's a heck of a job. It's just it's um, it's amazing. These 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 women are just doing some amazing things. I am envious. Tiana can pass the basketball, and Tiana is going to make a difference. And to get recognized on day one by somebody like Diana Taurasi is pretty telling. Don't worry about her. She didn't get drafted. She's going to be fine, I think. Did you see that they had a huddle, and they, uh, as they were saying, one, two, three, they said Tiana? Yeah. That uh, was awesome. Yeah. Listen, there's a sisterhood there, too. Phoenix is definitely uh, taking a love to Tiana. They understand the the fight and, and the battle and the journey she was on to get where she is. If that's not inspiring to them on a human level, um, listen, there might be some good things happening for Phoenix in the WNBA, and Tiana might be a direct result of that or the reason behind that. Go ahead with another one. Does it matter that the Comets, Crunch, and Rochester are really on the verge of getting chippy? It's, it's starting to feel that way, especially it's going to get real heavy between the, the Crunch and the Comets, seven of the next eight games, they play again on Wednesday. They played yesterday. The Crunch crushed the Comets. Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup is truly heating up. We'll have some Uticus guests yep. on, uh, of course, through, for the duration of the season. This is going to be a ton of hockey, basically, in the next two and a half weeks between these two teams. Three-way throwdowns, man. They're going to be spectacular. And butts and seats making it even better. So glad that that's starting to come back. Go. Does it matter that your boy Zabinajad had his third Hattie in 22 games? Um, yeah, seven for his career, and he's just he's just doing some things. Hey, listen, COVID affected him. He was playing at an elite level. He got COVID, and I think it just took him a while to really the, – the COVID fog, just from the vaccine, which is not COVID, you, it knocks you out. It's real. It, it takes you some time to, to clear the brain out and the body to recover. Can't imagine having COVID, and as you know, it affects – certain people different than others. Uh, the effects are far greater on some humans than others, whether or not they're athletes. Correct, exactly. Uh, so that always applies. Yeah, he's doing some amazing things. Rangers are very young and going to be very good. That's a hell of a leader to have on your team, along with Panarin, who they call bread. Let's talk to Alex Kahn from our brother station, TK99. The Yankees game will be over there tonight as they start a season ser- or a series against Baltimore. And who is it starting for? The ba- Dark Knight, Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey, Mets fans, starting for Baltimore against David Garcia. Uh, we'll talk about that more at 2.30. But up next, yes, Alex Kahn and Masters of the Obvious on ESPN Radio and the SportsZilla Show. Hang on. The SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt, Masters of the Obvious. You know, you know we've, we've all, all been, been through a lot these, these past, past several months. months. We've, we've shut, shut down, down and people, people have lost, lost their businesses, businesses lost, lost their, their livelihoods. livelihoods. The SportsZilla Show. What normal are you talking about? I'm talking about normal, like back in March. On ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. We're welcoming in from our brother station, TK99, where you're going to get the Yankees and the Oreos tonight. Uh, you'll get that game. We'll be back with Yankees on deck tomorrow. About Akon, Alex Con or Bender, as you know, Montique is with us. We normally go hard and heavy on Major League Baseball. We did that for the Twitch audience, Q Sports Talk. We were talking about the 468 shot that Bryce Harper hit and, and on and on and on. And we'll probably get to a baseball question because Seattle's just a game back from the A's. That makes Alex Con happy. 
But you're a huge UFC fan. UFC 261 on Friday is where we want to go. First of all, the Rogan meme, the broadcast booth meme when Weidman's leg broke is just the greatest thing going on, on planet Earth right now. That is my favorite thing, and it applies to everything. We'll let you talk there. Yeah, no, anytime Joe Rogan's there and, you know, when he's commentating, he has amazing memes every single fight. There's so many good ones between him and D.C., and uh, they're always a lot of fun. But what happened in that fight was so gruesome. And the fact that it happened, like, the first five seconds in when everybody's eyes are just dead set focused on this fight, and he snaps his leg completely in half. And the worst part, he didn't even know until he went to step on it. It It was it was frightening to see, but I'm glad that he had his surgery uh, successfully. I'm glad you came in hot like that, Alex, because it stops me because all I want to talk about is the NFL draft. And we're going to do that a lot today. But boy, is it going to be NFL draft hype for the next few days. I just can't wait for the draft. And we'll get to your Cowboys in a minute. But what are your other takeaways overall from UFC 261 um, besides Chris Weidman and that horrific injury? Well, from start to finish, I mean, right out of the gate, the the early prelim fights were fire. I mean, it was up and down, just amazing fights. The the main events, uh, great finishes throughout. There was multiple fights that could have been fight of the night. There was one in particular that I was very upset about, and I was talking uh, you know, before we got on here about how I get on Twitter, usually with boxing and UFC. These judges, I don't know where they get some of these, but in the Dwight Grant versus Sekulik fight, it's one of these, you look at the numbers, the one guy, he's landing more punches, sure. You mean, if you're talking baseball, the Yankees could have 14 hits and score three runs and lose when the Mariners have seven hits and eight runs. you got to look at damage. you got to look at control, and it was a horrible. I mean, if you go to Twitter, everybody was just up in arms about the, these judges that they put on these cards to ruin fights time after time again. I didn't see if Dana was upset with that judging, but uh, it was it was atrocious. That was he just ruined that guy's night. And one loss on your record it, it goes a long way. You you could be changing these guys' careers. What about the women? What about the ladies that that are stepping in and and fighting too? Man, I, I love to see these females fight. Yeah, and they lately have been taking over the show, man. Mm-hmm. Valentina Shevchenko, she is one of the most dominant fighters. Not today, but ever in any sport you want to talk about. She is just an absolute beast. She put on, I don't think she, she might not have got hit once in that fight with uh, Jessica Andrade. That was one of the best performances I've ever seen. And I don't know who's next, you know, I mean, it's, it was, it's so impressive. Then Rose goes out there and that sneaky head kick against a monster in Zhang Weilei. It was amazing. Those two fights. I, I loved every minute of it. And they're starting to take over this sport. Was this the best card that you've seen as far as UFC goes? Or if not, what's the best one that you've ever seen? Oof, the best card? It's it's right up there. And you're asking me to jog my memory on my favorite cards. That I'd have to think about that. Um, if not the best card, it was one of the best performance-wise from start to finish. There wasn't a moment of, you know, no boring, no booze. The fans were loving it. Having the fans in the stands, they were hyped, man. That was That was so fun hearing the fans go nuts. But uh, I think just performance-wise and as a fan watching it, that was one of the best cards I've seen in recent memory. Man, we are coming in hot today with, man, Alex, you're fired up. I like talking UFC with you. We're going to have to do this more often, my man. He is rare and ready to go. You love this stuff, don't you? I do. I've been watching it forever. Yeah, that's awesome. This is Masters of the Obvious, and uh, pretty obviously, Alex Khan, Akon Bender, is fired up for the fights. (laughs) Man, what's... 
What's the one match you really want to see right now? Pick any two fighters. I don't care if it's on the men's side or the women's side. What do you want to see? Well, I'm actually very excited for uh, my boy coming up in the very near future here, Nate Diaz, coming back to fight Leon Edwards. Um, I don't know if you're asking me to make my own pairing, my own matchup, but that one's actually happening. I love Nate Diaz. I love that people hate him, and I love the way he fights. He comes in there just he just wants to fight. That's what it's all about. He wants to fight the best people. He doesn't care about money. Well, I guess he kind of does because he's that's all he wants. <laughs> you know, he wants these big name fights. But he's 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 been my guy from the the beginning when he was on Ultimate Fighter. I, I've loved him all the way through. So I cannot wait that he is finally coming back. He's got a shot at a guy who wants a title. So that he could be ruining his night. We'll see what happens. But that's coming up. I believe it's uh, what UFC. What number are we on? Two sixty two. So are you a big fan of Conor McGregor, or do you think he should just retire and stay home? I've hated him right from the get-go. <laughs> I can't, you know, I, I say I hate guys with attitude, and then I say I love Nate Diaz, but I just love his, his punk style, I guess. Conor McGregor, I just hate the showboaty kind of guy. Um, he's very good. I don't think he's that good. He has a lot of holes in his game. So he's just a mouth that gets himself fights, but uh, I, I don't think... He's one loss away from hanging it up. He could still go out there and beat anybody. But like I said, he's got so many holes in his game. If he were to fight Khabib again, you're going to see the same exact outcome, I just, which isn't going to happen. But I just am not a fan of the Vince McMahon arm swing and swagger walk thing that he does. I just think that's goofy. Yeah. We're talking to Alex Kahn here on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio, hitting up UFC 261. Chris Weidman, who I hosted a couple of autograph signings with, and had a chance to interview and just he treated the fans like they were his best friends in, in a couple of different events that I did with him. And so when I saw that, he, he's one of the guys I've just always kept an eye on and what he's doing in his career. He put out an Instagram video. Uh, he got a steel rod put in it broke the fibia and the tibia couple months before he can walk says it should heal up pretty well six to 12 months before he can start training in but to just show you the mindset and how tough these guys are is every intention of getting back in the UFC ring amazing if you ask me but we're going to move on I want to talk NFL draft I have to I just feel like I have to and we're going to go to the <laughs> NFC, NFC least it was a tough division for us to be fans of teams within it you know I'm Giants I know you're Cowboys Sean Lee is retiring. First of all, we want you to comment on that. You know, he's, he's such a gamer. He's such a fan favorite with the Cowboys. Unfortunately, we weren't able to see him enough. I mean, what he probably played one, maybe two or three ish full seasons. He was injured so often. He missed a full year with an ACL injury, but you could see at the end here his last season, he, he had lost a step. And I, whether that's injuries, age, probably a combination of both, I think it's probably the right time to hang him up, especially mm-hmm. in the game of football where, I mean, that's that you're taking years off your life anyways going out there every day. So it was definitely time. He's injured too often, and I know the Cowboys fans are going to miss him. So that being said, your Cowboys picking 10th. Who do you get in the first round? You had suggested a DB? Uh, yeah, Pastor Tain Jr., um, obviously one of the better DBs in the draft this year, and obviously the Cowboys need to focus on that. Alex, I'm wondering if you agree, or do they need to go with another position of need? Yeah, who do you think they take? Who do you want them to take? What, what's the plan in your mind for your Cowboys? 
Well, here's a vanilla answer for you, defense. Um, we've talked about the Cowboys before every single year for whatever reason. Their secondary needs a lot of work. I don't understand why it's never truly been addressed. Uh, Diggs, they thought would be a good answer. I don't see it. I was not very impressed with his play. But uh, I could. I would be happy with a DB. I really want to see a linebacker between Sean Lee, you know, retiring. Van Der Esch also seems to be made of class. He's, he's often injured. So with the first pick or first two picks, I guess that would be my direction. Somewhere in the secondary, a DB or a linebacker. they got to rebuild their offensive line. They're in a similar boat to the New York football giants, in my humble opinion. But there's a lot of depth in this uh, year's draft, so maybe the Cowboys can uh, take quite a few of them. Yeah, because I'm debating. I'm going back and forth. Do I want Devontae, for example, or Waddle? Do I want a receiver, or do they just need to do the smart thing and, and – Go for more depth on the offensive line with the Giants. Same, they need weapons, but they need an address. It's just, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that have needs. Hey, even the Kansas City Chiefs need to fix that offensive line. They started that with a trade. Uh, what was it, last Friday that, that yes. trade happened? Yeah. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Uh, real quick, we got about a minute left, Alex. We wanted to ask you about baseball. The A's just ended a 13-game win streak. Seattle, however, is just playing great, and they're only a game back right now. When you can hang with a team that is winning basically every game they play for two weeks, not bad. Tell us about your Mariners real quick. Yeah, thank the baseball gods for that one. The A's, they were unstoppable there. They just seemed to figure it out. I don't know what it is. There's something magic about the A's. They had Brad Pitt play Billy Bean for crying out loud. I mean, there's just something special about them. But the Mariners are scrappy. One of the scrappier teams out there. There is talent. It's You don't see it on paper. But when you watch these games, like Ty France hitting out of the two-hole there, the guy is a hitter, and the Mariners had their eyes on him for, I think they said, like five or six years they wanted him in the uh, in Seattle. So we'll see what happens. We have Jared Kalanick, Logan Gilbert coming up uh, soon, hopefully, from the prospect uh, system there. They might shock some people. I'm not going to say playoffs. But they're going to be, uh, you know, giving teams a tough time day in and day out. Alex Kahn, Bender on TK99, Yankees, Ori is over there on the Brother Station tonight. We always appreciate the time, brother. Have a great rest of your afternoon, okay? I love it, guys. Going to talk to Chris Stacey. We're going to bring him back in. It's been a couple weeks. He's with NYY Sports Talk. Subject, New York Yankees. We'll thank William Matar after we get back from the break here on ESPN Radio. And we're with you at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv in about, what, three seconds? Yes. Let's hit that break. It's the Sports Zella Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. Yes, sports fan. And twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. I'm trying to not talk about the NFL draft. That's why I have scheduled Chris <laughs> Stacy with NYY Sports Talk uh, to talk Yankees with us. We've had him on a couple of times now, and we love the conversation. So happy to bring him back. Chris, thanks for joining us. Did the. Yankees turn a corner in Cleveland winning three out of four based on how quickly the narrative has changed for this team. Yeah, I mean, listen, who wants to talk about the NFL draft when when the Yankees just took three out of four after looking like they couldn't beat a minor league baseball team? Um, And that kind of segues me into saying it could show that they turn a corner if they can beat – beat up on the Baltimore Orioles, who I consider a minor league baseball team (laughs) – this upcoming series. I mean, that's really, it'll tell, it'll tell all if they can come out and and be the New York Yankees and and do what they need to do against the Orioles. What about Frazier's catch? Um, Let's give, I want to talk positively about Clint Frazier first. That was 
a remarkable catch. I mean, outstanding. And how much air went out of him as he landed on the ground. Yeah, that's when you go, okay, you got the Gold Glove nomination. Some didn't feel like you deserved it last year in the small sample size, especially how atrocious he was prior to that. We all remember that game against Boston. Uh, but needless to say, he looked great yesterday with that catch. Yeah, look, I mean, you love to see things like that out of guys like Clint Frazier who need to build on their confidence. Um, especially defensively with him over the last couple of years. But it's almost like it, it's almost a frustration that builds from it because you see the glimpses of how how talented a guy like Clint Frazier is. And like you're just waiting for him to put it all together. And like, yeah, it's great. I mean I mean his defense has gotten much better. He's not really a liability out there as as he once was. But I mean you still gotta perform up at the plate and it's just hasn't hasn't come full swing for him just yet. So what do you expect out of Devi Garcia versus Matt Harvey as the pitching matchup tonight? Oof. I mean, uh, as much as I love the Yankees and the Yankee organization, they frustrate me to no end sometimes. I I, I don't like when they put a guy like Davey Garcia out there, who I'm happy is pitching, by the way. I, I, I think Michael King has earned a spot, but you know what? I can't knock Given the nod to Davey Garcia, I think he's shown a lot over the last year and that he's definitely capable of being a dominant pitcher. But I hate the fact that I know going into this that he's going to be on a strict pitch count. And I feel like when they throw a pitcher out there like Davey Garcia, who's still trying to prove himself, that weighs on you a lot. I mean, I was a pitcher my whole life through college. I know when certain things, like you have a certain pitch count on your mind, it's, it's almost pressing the whole game. And that's kind of, again, just kind of nitpicking, but I think he's going to be extremely effective tonight. I think you're going to really see a guy go out there who you're going to question why he isn't in the starting rotation. Yeah, and it's weird because you also want to see these guys get a regular turn when you just got a spot start like this, too. You can't necessarily be as fine because you don't have a few games under your belt. Nick Nelson was the result of that sent back down to the alternate site. He kind of knew that was going to happen. First of all, performance-wise, second, you're not going to need his arm for a couple of days. But generally, the Yankees like his stuff, so we'll move on. Tyone is not completely right, though, right now. He has had, and we talked about this off the air, Sports Talk, Twitch.tv, they heard it there. But he just, he seems to have that one inning where he implodes a little bit. The pitch count goes up, and then the next thing you know, he's out of the game, and we don't, we just we need six innings because we know what the bullpen's been doing. Will he figure it out, or is it just still the repercussions of the second Tommy John surgery in your mind? Um, I think it's more of just to, I don't think people realize what it takes to to be be in you know mid season form and and to have to do that after not pitching for two years. You can throw all the bullpens and simulated games you want and pitch through spring training and whatnot, but until you're in that game where every pitch is high intensity, it takes a while before you build yourself back up. The one thing I'll say about Tyone that I can't necessarily say about Kluber just yet is that Tyone has shown me that I have a lot to look forward to. And I'm not saying that Kluber isn't. You know, I'm not saying Kluber is going to be a bust. I think he's going to be effective as well. But Tyone has shown me more progression at least even though his last start wasn't that great, you go back to the start before and he looked like a completely different pitcher. So to me, and we were kind of touching on this before we came on air, 
again, where's the evidence that the Yankees have that, you know, putting in a spot starter and giving these guys an extra day is effective? I want to see these guys take the ball every five days when they're healthy, and I want to see them, you know, progress from each start. And I feel like putting in that extra day just – I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen evidence to, to contradict what I'm saying here that giving these guys an extra day just isn't allowing them to – to progress at the pace that they should be. I want to see them, and here's an homage to Mick Foley. I want testicular fortitude, these guys to get out there, (laughs) and I want them to be mad when they're taken out of a game like Garrett Cole is, who has, by the way, um, been performing like Garrett Cole. Bang, bang. Chris Stacey with NYY Sports Talk is here with us. This is Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. So I've heard this discussed a bit, and I've been wondering the same thing. With With the rough start that you've seen out of Frazier, the splits when you look at Aaron Hicks between lefty and righty, because he's obviously a switch hitter, is it maybe time, and we've sort of been seeing this with Frazier and Gardy, they're platooning, but what about Talkman maybe playing a little bit of center field? Because you've heard him called by Boone, he's a lead at all three outfield positions, and give him a chance to get that back going. We've seen that at small spurts from Talkman where he gets going a little bit, but something to shake things up, and it's such a right-handed dominant lineup we need to get some lefties in there, and I've just not been impressed with Aaron Hicks overall. I don't think Talkman's a drop-off defensively at all. What do you think? I like the idea right now of getting Mike Talkman more at-bats, and if you asked me that a few weeks ago, I, I probably wouldn't have said that. Um, I think Mike Talkman brings a different, uh, different dynamic to this team with his speed. Um, I think he's a guy that even if he's not performing at the top of his game, he just has that intensity that you like to see out there. But for me, I mean, Aaron Hicks has just been probably the most frustrating player. You know, you ask the casual Yankee fan who's been the most frustrating player, they'll tell you it's, it's Giancarlo Stan, even though the guy carried the team through the summer of his first season here and, and carried the team in the postseason last year. Definitely. They just seem to hate this guy. But, uh, I mean, for me, the most frustrating has been Aaron Hicks because you see a guy – who is definitely more talented than he plays to. And then when he finally starts to get on a groove, like he had a couple home runs, he, he, he somehow just isn't feeling up to playing the other day. I don't know what exactly was going on with him. He was, he was hurt. He had a, something was going on with his stomach yesterday. Uh, I don't know, but he was out of the lineup. He, he wasn't, he wasn't able to play. Boone said he could have used them later in the game, but it's like, he didn't even give us a chance to like the guy. And so for me, if Mike Talkman's the, the answer to start platooning a little more, the problem becomes that if you're going to use a lefty, you want to use it for, a, a, you know, to take a righty out of the out of the lineup. And that's if Hicks wasn't a switch hitter, if Hicks was a right hitter, he probably wouldn't even be a starting center fielder at this point. I agree with you. And you were talking about pitch counts earlier, and Michigan men in our Twitch chat brought up a great point. He always wonders why the coaching staff tells the opponent about pitch count. It's kind of like handing your battle plan over to the other enemy. So do you agree that they should try to limit that, or do you think it's okay to just say, hey, this guy's on a pitch count, 9,200 pitches, or whatever it might be? It's 60. Let's go work the count. We'll get this guy out of there early and get into their bullpen. Against the Yankees, of course, that yeah. might not work, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I guess I, I understand where he's coming from, but what I'd say to that is, I mean, if baseball were that easy where you just say, oh, he's at 90 pitches, okay, we can work that. I mean, every it doesn't matter if the pitch count's 90 or 120. Your goal is to get him 
to throw a lot of pitches within every inning, no matter what the pitch count is. So the goal, no matter what, for the for the opposing team, is to run that pitch count up, no matter what it is. I think it's more, I think it's more of a of a debilitating factor for the pitcher himself to know that, hey, if you know if my if my defense isn't behind me 100 percent, or if I have to labor through an inning. I'm really pressing now because I know I don't have much left before they're going to pull me from this game. We were wondering, Chris, if Higgy should be starting over Gary. And Glue Guy is like, I, I think it's the way to go. And I'm sitting there going, you know, and, and I'm hemming and hawing, and we're having the conversation. And I'm like, but when but he's when in. your ace is specifically uh, picking Higashioka over Sanchez, I feel like the rest of the team should be doing that as well. I go to myself, he kind of won the job in the playoffs last year, and I haven't seen Gary keep the job or win the job or hold on to the job or perform to where you go, no, Higgy's the backup. I start to go, yeah, when he's there, he's better defensively. Maybe not the same arm, but but he pitch frames better. Overall, I think pitch selection is better. He calls a better game. He blocks the ball in the dirt better. He's got some pop. He's doing some damage at the plate. It's tough to it's tough to lean Sanchez when you uh, should probably see a little bit more Kyle Higashioka. Well, I'll say two things. One, just to just to correct the the record here, uh, Garrett Cole does not come out and say he selects Higashioka. He's very firm on that. For sure, he, he's the type of guy who is you know I'm an ace. I'll pitch to whoever. It seems to be more of an organizational thing with the Yankees. Although Garrett Cole really can't deny the fact that he just has great chemistry with Higashioka. I know they've uh, played together for a long time, uh, whether it be in college or high school. I think it was college. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, they have good chemistry, and you can't deny that fact. Here's what I'll say about Higashioka. If you don't like Gary Sanchez, I can't blame you at this point, but Higashioka is not the answer. And I'm not saying it's not because he hasn't earned it from what he's done, but he's more of a novelty. I mean, let's, let's take Higashioka and let's just as Yankee fans, let's leave him where he is and enjoy when he comes in and pops a couple home runs. Oh, my God, this is our backup catcher carrying the offense. Because I promise you, when you put him in there for 100-plus games, he's not going to be the same guy. He's not built to be a starting everyday catcher. Um, and and that, that novelty will wear off. If you play him too much, let's leave him where he is. He's a, he's a great backup catcher. The Yankees have been fortunate enough to have great backup catchers over the last handful of years with Romine and now and now Higashioka. If you want to replace Gary, Higashioka is not the answer to me. As the starter long-term, maybe in a pinch. Yes. Gary's down for a couple weeks, something along those lines, but he'll be exposed sure. ultimately. And I think that that is a fair point. Chris, we're going to reach out again. It's Chris Stacy with NYY Sports Talk. we got to pause right there and take a quick break on the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio. You're killing me, Smalls, is next. The SportsZilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? Everyone listen up. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Well, first of all, we had a nice chat with Chris Stacy from NYY Sports Talk about the New York Yankees. Anytime you hear some Yankees coverage on ESPN Radio, brought to you by William Matar. You've heard in a car, call William Matar, 444-4444. Also, William Matar sponsors a segment or two on Yankees on Deck, which will be back on these airwaves tomorrow about 6 o'clock. Actually, be right at 6 o'clock. Well, that depends on UX. It could be 6.02. (laughs) 
I, I, I kid. I kid because I care. Uh, fact of the matter is the New York State Fair is also returning. Um, it limited capacity is how we're rolling this out from my understanding yes. of what I've read so far, Glue Guy. Uh, you keep me together and focused, except for in our opening segment with the game plan where I'm all discombobulated. But that's my point to uh, read what Twitch is saying and just kind of leave you alone. Yeah, you, you just kind of yeah, you kind of get us. And then and then you ask me a question and I'm not listening to you because I figured you're still ranting. You get me, <laughs> you get me started, and then uh, we go from there. Uh, we're looking forward to our number two. Well, let's wrap up our number one. You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sports Festivus, or airing of the grievances. And this is where I'm going to defer to you, actually, uh, because I'm going to have to clear up a technical error while you get me started. Uh-oh. Yeah. So okay. I'm going to do that while you get this whole conversation started. So this morning before I get into work, I get a notification from ESPN saying that the Supreme Court declines to hear a few former wrestlers' case against WWE for failing to protect them against repeated head injuries that has led to brain damage. So things like steel chair shots, uh, cage matches, and things like that, where they knew of, they probably knew of some kind of consequences that would end up happening, and they just told them to go out there and keep doing it. And I, I know there's some out there that have set foot in a, a wrestling ring, and they spring underneath, it bounces, it feels kind of soft, and you can you bounce a bit, and that adds to the finishing of the moves or the flair the entertainment of, of it. the entertainment aspect of it. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that if you it's a hard mat bounce your head off that a few hundred times, thousand times, however many times, countless times, that's eventually going to have a little bit of effect. And as we know now know what concussions can do, there's been movies about it. Now we know what CTE has done. It is dangerous and, and, you know, you can claim ignorance back in the day because we didn't know this stuff. But medical science has now showed us the long term, the, the health effects, the ill effects, the ramifications of this. And you would think that, listen, uh, there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. Yes. One way or the other uh, against the WWE. There's how often do you see superstars for various reasons? They pass young, very early, very young. Chris Benoit will show you what concussions can do. That was not the real Chris Chris Benoit. That was the Chris Benoit. That was a monster. With some serious brain injuries that led him to a horrible, horrible place. And and obviously we know what happened with him and his family. But I I just wonder why the Supreme Court won't take this hearing. They obviously heard the hearing between Mm -hmm. the NFL and concussions. So why aren't they doing the same? For WWE and these wrestlers. Yeah, this is not, we're not bringing this up because it's a political thing. We're bringing this up because we're worried about these guys. We all watch wrestling, have at one point in our lives to some degree. Or still do. Or another, or still do. Hey, man, I'll still watch. I'm a little bit more casual than I used to be, but you're still invested. Our, our buddy Jordan Capozzi is, and there's a lot of people, hey, man, that Twitch chat fires up about wrestling whenever we talk about it. WWE or now AEW. Yep. Uh, but the fact remains, you, you got to do something to help these guys out. You know, WWE has to respond to these guys. They're not just they're not just pieces of meat. They're human beings with families. Uh, the, the ladies as well. Exactly. The, the divas, the, the women, the female wrestlers. Same thing. What do you call them officially now? Uh, they're just WWE superstars. Just just they've moved past that. Yes. It's kind of great that they've done that. Agreed. They're just WWE sports entertainers and superstars. Like the guys have always There's no been. label there. There's no label there, and that's perfectly fine. 
Supreme Court, do somebody do a little something to help them out and call out Vince, the WWE, to help them improve the quality of their lives after giving up their, not just their bodies, but their minds for entertainment purposes for all of us. I think it's the right thing to do. So do we give it to the WWE? Or do we, we give it to both? We give it to the Supreme Court. Both. One each? Yes. This one's for the WWE. You're killing me, Smalls. This one's for the Supreme Court. You're killing me, Smalls. Soundcheck is next on ESPN Radio and the Sportzilla Show. It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. Yep, I'm going to tell you right now, everybody loves Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog. Jordan Capozzi uh, helps everybody out. Orange Nation, Sportzilla Show, and Brent Axe. Axe will be on after. I'm going to bring up something that was mentioned by him in the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk. Everything that we put out is on demand. So you can go back after the fact and watch Orange Nation or the Sportzilla Show. That's us. Hi, I'm Rain. That's Matt Page or our radio brother, Brent Axe, when you're on the block from 4 to 6. We mentioned the fair, limited capacity, going to be interesting, going to be different. But hey, Dave Matthews is coming. There's some other concerts being announced. It sounds like they're uh, increasing the capacity for stadiums too next month. Yep. So uh, things are getting there. They're getting there. Getting vaccinated does help. Uh, it, it it sucks with the side effects, but it's worth it to protect people because you might not get that sick, but others have. And a lot of people have passed on because of it. So there you go. Are we ready for sound check? Yes. Is it already the second hour? I know, it's 3 o'clock. Sportzilla show. First hour flew by. Had a lot of fun. I think I have fixed the technical issue that we were having with audio, by the way. I did that a couple of minutes ago. So we can get to some fun stuff right now. I Should I go right in on the NFL draft? You're trying to keep me keep it balanced today because we've got Joe Coletta lined up who's going to talk to us about the draft, and we've got quite a bit in odds makers about the draft. Look, you, you ask me all the time whether you should do something, and I just tell you whatever you want. Yeah, you're not going to. Because whatever I say, you're going to no, I'm going to do this anyways. You're not going to stop me. I'm going to go a couple other things, and then we're going to close out soundcheck with the NFL okay. draft. You that, do that. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, Kevin Durant made his return, Yep, and the dude is unstoppable. Those are the words of Greeny a little bit earlier on ESPN Radio, and I could not agree more. He just, there's certain guys that there's something extra there, and I think when you're that good, and even though he's dealt with these injuries, you come back, and they didn't even start him, by the way, in his first game back, but he just thinks the game in in a way, and he has such a diverse skill set that he could just kind of come back in and do what he does. It's amazing. It is, and it goes to show, like you were just saying, it's not just his physical abilities, but his mental abilities. It's off the chart. And then you got Kyrie, and when they work back in Harden, whenever that is, it's going to be okay. It's it's like LeBron's just going to step right back in, and, and then it's just going to click immediately with AD. But we were talking about Kevin Durant, so this is what Greeny said. Here's what I will say about Kevin Durant, who I believe I've said it before and I'll say it again, is the best pure scorer I've ever seen. I've been watching the game going back to the 70s. So the best scorers in the NBA at that time in no particular order were Rick Barry and Julius Irving and and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I've seen them all, including Michael Jordan. And I've said a million times, Bernard King at his very best was an unbelievable scorer. George Gervin. No one has ever been a better pure scorer. No one that I've ever seen than Kevin Durant. And he makes it look easy. He makes it look effortless. For all the stuff that comes with him, he is an unbelievable player. 
When he plays, the Nets average 123 points per game. No team has done that in a season over the last 30 years. When he plays, they're unstoppable. I would also like to point out that um, when Emmanuel Quickly and Derek Rose are on the court for the New York Knicks, the plus-minus is remarkable. That's just because I had to mention the Knicks somehow. That's the I was going to say, where did that come from? It's the only piece of audio I'm going to play as it pertains to the NBA. Go ahead. But going back to Greeny's point, though, saying uh, the Nets average 123 points when Durant's out there. Well, how many points do they give up when those guys are out there? Mm, there is Because if they're giving up 125, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, th- I, I don't know how this is going to translate in the playoffs. That's the thing. The first couple of rounds, I don't think is the concern. But as you get a little but bit, but it's conference finals, yeah, NBA's finals. Yeah, that's when the questions will really arise. It's it's crazy. That then that's when you might to go who get, it might go who gets the ball in those situations. That's when you got to deal with those three guys. Yep, assuming that they're all there and ready to go. Their goal is to get those three ready for the playoffs. Have them all on the court at the same time. Hopefully, figure that out. Who do you go with out of those three? Kev- I go with uh, James Harden. Oh, Kevin Durant. Really? Okay. Yeah, Kevin Durant. I, I let Harden facilitate. You know, and then and, and then but that's what Kyrie's for. He's the facilitator. Well, if Durant gets double or triple team, then he can just. Well, I suppose, man. I don't know. That's a tough question. Who uh, else? Who, I don't envy being Steve Nash. Who else has that problem? You know, you can literally pick any of the three, and you'd be perfectly fine with it. Let's that's be fair. let's yeah. be perfectly honest. No, you're right. Uh, that's a fact. All right, let's jump over to baseball really quick. I have a piece of sound I'd like to air here on Soundcheck on the Sportsilla Show on ESPN Radio. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, him and Bauer and this Padres-Dodgers rivalry is just awesome. He was on SportsCenter with John Anderson, and I just wanted to play you what he said. Man, you said, I'm drained, I'm drained, but this games will bring you all the energy up, and uh, we're going to set five-hour games on this level. <laughs> I just want to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> five home runs over the course of this series. Tell me how you hit home runs. It seems like that's not that hard, really. <laughs> that, that, that's that's really hard, but what can I say, man? I'm being my approach. I'm feeling good right now on the plate, and I'm just putting the ball in play. Uh, the importance after getting swept by Milwaukee to come in here against a rival like the Dodgers and at least take two out of three. Oh, man, it feels great. It feels great. You know, it was, a, it was a rough one over there against Milwaukee, but we said we, we put that set apart, and we came over here to win baseball. said you're tired. You want to go home. Uh, my schedule says you are off Monday. What are you going to do tomorrow? Sleep all day. Eat. <laughs> That's it? Sleep and eat. That's it. I need to recover all my energy. All right. Well, what's what's in the spread in the clubhouse before we let you go? What are we eating? Uh, I don't even know. I got to go inside and check for that. <laughs> Far be it uh, for me to get between a man and his nourishment post game. Fernando Tatis Jr., again, congratulations. Two out of three from the Dodgers. Monday off. Good for you. Thanks for being with us on SportsCenter. Thank you, guys. He is fun, and you know what? I, I also disagree. He's not just going to eat and sleep. He's going to continue to tweet Trevor Bauer, I hope. Yes, I yes. hope. Please continue that chirping. It's fun. Uh, it brings a lot of excitement to the game. It adds to the rivalry, really engages the fan bases and casual baseball fans. It's good stuff. It's better than the Yankees-Red Sox right now. I, I'm, I'm making that declarative statement. I 100% think it is. I would like to see that change because it spices things up for me and my favorite team and allows me to talk more trash to certain Red Sox fans that are in our world. Why? No, I just find it funny that Trevor Bauer doesn't care. He's just going to keep talking trash to anyone who will listen to him. He sure is. Sound check on the Sports Illustrated Show with ESPN Radio. All right, let's get some NFL draft talk out here right now. I want to bring in Diana Rossini, who you heard on these airwaves a little bit earlier today. 49ers going to take Mac Jones. That's most likely. 
John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they know exactly who they're going for. In fact, I was told it's never really wavered. I keep going through my notes and it just, it, it all makes sense that, that Mac Jones is no. their guy. Knowing how much Kyle appreciates a quarterback who's strong in the pocket. He, he wants an accurate quarterback and, and you know I'm always going to point to the intellect of Mac Jones and that goes back to his pro day when I was just talking to some scouts after it and they said forget don't even worry about watching him on film if you really want to understand why Kyle probably loves his kid it's when you do the work and talk to his teammates he talked to obviously players and, and, and coaches who've been around him and he's just he's able to process you know he, he he can go out there now and start if they really needed him to IQ hmm interesting it's not just a physical position. There, yeah, there's there's obviously quarterbacks with better physical gifts. Tom Brady, when he came out, the physical gifts weren't necessarily there. <laughs> no, they were not. But he thinks the game on a level that is beyond anybody else, and that's why he's still successful at forty something years of age. You you don't have to be Tom Brady, but if you can come out and you're smart, you understand an offense, you make the right choices. Uh, something. Hey, Daniel Jones has struggled with that. Uh, the Jets are still trying to figure out a quarterback situation. Darnold's out. Zach Wilson's coming in. That's going to be their pick. That's pretty much a consensus. Then there's the Bears. The Bears can't seem to get the quarterback position. Um, they can't draft the right guy. No, not at all. Or trade for the right guy. They haven't had the right guy in a while. The Bears need to nail a quarterback pick, too. Here's Diana Rossini with more. When I look at job security, you look at the Bears. Their head coach and GM are hanging on by a thread. They are hanging on by a thread right now in terms of their job. And I think if, if they want to have success immediately, they're going to need to get a quarterback that can come in there and win and give them something. We know the quarterbacks on the roster. We know what they can do. They're, I think we're all just assuming the Bears are going to stink. Let's just say the Bears are going to be solid. They need to be better than solid, though. If they want to keep their jobs. <laughs> yeah, you think? Uh, that should have gone in the Masters of the Obvious uh, <laughs> part of the show. Yeah, what do you say to that? Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, talking about Justin Fields. I hear he's going to drop. Who's going to take him? He thinks that Justin will thrive at the next level. To me, he, he checks every box. And what I mean by that is, okay, this is the same thing that happened when he came here. Uh, he's athletic. He's big. He's strong. He's accurate. He's powerful. He's really intelligent. He's competitive. Um, he's got a strong arm. He's super accurate down the field. And so then I said to our, our offensive staff, okay, what kind of coaches are we? I mean, he has everything you need. And so now the, the question just is, to me, when he goes into the NFL, what is the situation? You know, what what is the offense that he's going to be involved in? And then how quickly can he develop in that offense? And I think the situation is going to be critical. But I think that's the case for all young quarterbacks going into the NFL. Yeah. Um, Masters of the obvious again. Hello. Yeah. The, the, the 20th pick, by the way, is what the Bears have. Does he slide to the 20th pick overall? Unless they, they trade up. Does he ha- uh, The competition he played against, and I know they had a shorter season this year than normal. Uh, would a Trey Lance have a couple of games, right? Yes. Uh, but, yeah. I, I see the similar skill set, the intelligence, the athletic ability, and all of that. But don't you feel more secure with Justin Fields before Trey Lance? But it seems like the consensus is Trey Lance may go ahead of him for some reason. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd to me only because of competition. Ohio State's facing the best of the best yeah. every single year. Whereas North Dakota, uh, North Dakota State, I'm not sure. 
haven't we all had these conversations about these prospects in the NFL yes. draft over and over and over and over and over and over and over again? Can I give you one more? I promise. No, so, we're done. Uh, we, we, we can't be. I promised the Twitch audience I would share some sale pal and what the Eagles will be looking at in the draft. And this is just a nice little preview that we'll bring back from Mike McAllister later in the week when he joins us. He was on Orange Nation earlier today. They've got 11 picks more than any other team. They got five of the first 100, so they're in great shape at the top of the draft. I think at 12, having moved down, which I didn't agree with, but having moved down at 12, they're in a position where they could move up, they could move down. They absolutely need an X receiver in this offense. On the left side of Jalen Hurts, that's a big hole. They also need a corner opposite Darius Slay. So they could go Devontae Smith. They could go J.C. Horn. Doesn't it seem like everybody in the NFC East needs a lot? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're gonna, Master of the obvious, hello. Yeah, we're going to pause right there, play another game called What Are the Odds? And that is next on ESPN Radio on the SportsZilla Show. What are the odds? This is Odds Makers. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. If you're with us, Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv, why don't you drop the name of your favorite football team and the player you would like them to draft? Or position. Or position. What need do they have that needs to be addressed? And uh, some of you, I understand it's going to be a long list. Uh, I'm a Giants fan. I hope uh, Twitch doesn't have a character limit. Yeah, there's a, there's a few needs that my New York football Giants need for sure. Um, you need a quarterback for your Patriots. We could go to the Giants. But. I'm okay with Daniel Jones giving him one more year to see what he's got with some weapons. Then again, I don't really have a choice in the matter because that's what they're going to do. So we'll ask the question, some questions here. What are the odds? Can we actually start with Major League Baseball and Jacob DeGrom, who is utterly ridiculous? Chris Stacy was with us earlier talking about the Yankees. He said he's not human. He's just not human. Here's a crazy stat. About him. Are you ready for this? Sure. Jacob DeGrom has more runs batted in this season than earned runs allowed. He has two RBIs and one earned run allowed in 29 innings pitched. That's just remarkable. That's incredible. He's just, it's a, it's weird because we complain that there's too many strikeouts in the game and not enough offense. It's home run or nothing. Yeah. But then we're putting guys like Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole on these pedestals because they're doing it so well. Yeah, Jacob DeGrom, for example, in his last start on Friday, complete game, two hits, walk, a couple of hits, 15 strikeouts. The man is a machine, he has said. He's kind of like Brady, wants to pitch into his 40s. He just, he thinks the game so well, and he has such a very unique routine that gets him through his week between starts, including two bullpens. He throws two bullpens. Most pitchers throw one in between, in that middle day of their, between their two starts, he does it a little bit different. Madison Baumgartner's no-hitter, should it count? What are the odds? Because it was uh, rained out, correct? It was a seven-inning, no, no, it was a seven-inning, one of those... Uh, double-headers? Yeah, the yeah. seven-inning double-headers, so they, they're not counting it. Should they give it to him? Because that's what they've determined with a double-header is a complete game this year. It's uh, Yeah, it should count. You give it to him? Yeah, I do. Or are you traditionalist and you think that it's nine innings that should count? Well, then that's on MLB for changing the rules now, isn't it? Jeez, I'm just not sure about this. I've got to... I've got to you, you're really torn on this. Yeah, I've, I've been hemming and hawing about it for like a couple hours before we went on the air. I've got to... Can I give you an answer tomorrow? No. Okay, well... I I'm, need one right now. Um, should I, it count, yes or no? Maybe. Can, does that count? No, you can't give me 50-50. 
Should have counted. What are the odds? I'm going to give it to him. I'll give it to okay. him for now. I might change, right. but I might change my mind. <laughs> uh, what, what are the odds that we see an Ohio State defensive player in the top 10 of the draft that's happened four straight drafts? Um, I don't have a mock draft in front of me, so I can't really answer that, but mm. I'm going to go 20%. What are the odds you don't see a defensive player taken in the top 10 with all of these quarterbacks and wide receivers that are up for discussion or Kyle Pitts, the tight end? Is there a possibility we could see no defensive players in the top 10? Uh, the Cowboys are drafting at number 10, correct? Yes. So I'm going to say 0% chance we will see the Cowboys take a def- uh, defensive player. That's the guy that does it in your mind? Okay, yeah. so it's not it's it's not going to happen. Correct. Okay, I'll, I won't make you put an exact number on that. I just said zero. I wasn't listening. Okay. We were moving on. And odds makers, what are the odds here? Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio. Uh, what are the odds that the 49ers take Mac Jones or Justin Fields. And I know everybody's saying it's like 90th percentile that they're going to take Mac Jones, but what if they decide to go Justin Fields? Well, I've seen uh, it's either Mac Jones or Trey Lance is who they've narrowed it down to. Interesting. So I think out of those options, I think it's going to be Mac Jones. Yeah, I think that that's who they go. If I had to put my 70%, no, 80, 90 90%. I'm 90%. Gonna, okay. I'm going to go with like Mel Kuyper and all the draft experts and say 90% they take Mac Jones. It's very likely. What are the odds that Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a home run every time he plays the Dodgers? Probably 0% because the law of averages and it's a long season. And I think they play each other 14 more times this year. But how awesome would it be if he did? But I sure would like to see it. It's 100% that I would love to see that. And it would be even better if he hits two every time that Trevor Bauer pitches and then he can cover his eye. Uh, what are the odds that you'd pay to see Bauer and Tatis in the octagon? Ha, <laughs> you snuck that one in. That's good. Yes, uh, 100% I would. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Bauer versus Tatis Jr.? We uh, should have asked that of Alex Kahn when he was on with us a little while ago. Who do you put your money on? Hmm. Can we get a Twitch poll? Who would you put your money on? Trevor Bauer or Fernando Tatis, uh, the Dodger versus the Padre, if it was a UFC fight? I think I'd go Bauer with this one. I feel like he would watch so much tape. And he'd be so prepared for it. I think that this is a new segment that we're, we've just created right now. We need to start picking athletes. In a fight. And, and put them in the octagon together and then figure out who everybody thinks would win. That would actually be kind of fun. Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Who wins? Oh, boy. Um, uh, man, I, I kind of feel like Peyton would be scra- so, so do I. scrappy growing up with the brothers. He's a lot taller. Yeah. He's a, little, he's a bigger guy. Yep. That, that that would be interesting. Anybody else come to mind? The next one you want to see there? You'd asked Alex what fighters he would want to see in the octagon in their next match. You asked that, actually. Oh, you did. Okay. You did. Blame me. That was you. I got it. That was your idea. Who would I want to see? Alex Rodriguez and Jason Veritek, because we were talking about the rivalry. Ooh, that's a good one. That would be a great that's one. That's a really good one. As, as much, Even though he was a Yankee, I still think I'd want to see Jason Veritek whoop A-Rod for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me a bad person. What about Daniel Jones versus Dak Prescott? Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott. Oh, boy. Nah, Daniel Jones is kind of nice. I think that Dak would whoop him. Oh, so do I. I think it would be a landslide. I think that Dak would just demolish him. Let's take a pause right there. We're going to continue this conversation on the NFL Draft. We're going to bring in our good friend Joe Coletta. He used to play for Coastal Carolina, big offensive lineman, and he's got some thoughts. We will definitely ask where he thinks Trill Melifonwu and Andre Sisco are going to go, and to what teams, or at least speculate as to what teams they might fill a need for. Next on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. He's to the 10, 15, he's to the 20, 
It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. All right, let's get it. We're ready to go. Big Joe's ready to go. Joe Coletta joining us. Coastal Carolina offensive lineman and a little, little time in Brown's training camp and a good friend of ours. And when I tell you this man eats, sleeps, and drinks NFL and football, I'm not wrong. When you're six, what, six eight, three twenty? Where are you at? What's the measurements like? It's the DP show. Uh, six nine and a half, three thirty. <laughs> nice, Joe. Yeah, you still you still grinding every day, and we love to see it. Let's talk some football, my man. Um, we want to start with Kansas City. I wanted to bring in, I promised earlier, we'd talk about this trade, Orlando Brown. I mean, you know about being an offensive lineman. You throw in that second-round pick and that sixth-round pick. they got to fix that offensive line. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Baltimore is getting a first-rounder, a third-rounder, a fourth-rounder, and a fifth-rounder. Who wins that trade? Kansas City almost had to make it, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, time will tell who wins the trade. But, uh, yeah, exactly like you said, they got uh, crushed by the Tampa Bay defense. Seemed like uh, Mahomes. Didn't have a chance in there. It was him by himself. So, yeah, they signed another lineman before that. Now that you get Orlando Brown for Baltimore, like you said, I feel like everything's complete besides offensive line. And you don't got an offensive line, not going to do too much. And they found that out quick in the Super Bowl. So, I feel like uh, it's uh, it's a chessboard. Um, Tampa Bay signing this guy. They're signing that guy. So, maybe a rematch. So, you grew up in central New York. You understand how important the Bills are and Bills Mafia and they brought a lot of the band back. Uh, they've got their quarterback now. The vast majority of their starting lineup that got them to the conference championship is intact, so they've had to supplement their roster a little bit, uh, obviously with some free agency, and we're looking at the draft. But what what do they do? I mean, they're thir- they pick 30th. So take a look at the Bills and tell us where they need to go in this draft on Thursday, starting Thursday. Yeah, the, the Bills, yeah, I feel like they need that, that another – Another offensive weapon. They always come short when they don't. When they, it seems like their defense is on point. And you know they could could be actually. You know I, I like to see maybe another uh, corner that could get. They could use some coverage. Seemed like uh, Kansas City blew them up in the passing game, and coverage could help. Uh, I like to see them. They need that other just that solid wide receiver weapon. So, like you said, number thirty. Yeah, it'd be tough. Maybe maybe to trade up in something if they. If they could get their eye on something, if they see that's going to available, act quick. What do you guys think? Oh, man. Yeah, they – with Cole Beasley, he's a slot guy. And then they lose uh, John, John Brown. Brown's, uh, yeah, John Brown's not in the picture anymore. Yeah, they need a secondary option offensively. They seem to have everything else in place in the vast majority. I mean, like I said, when you bring back the vast majority of your starting lineup on both sides of the ball, those seem to be the weakness. I think you're on the right path with them. Blue. So, Joe, I want to ask you about uh, Range Giants. What do you think they're going to do? Do you think they should be going with a wide receiver? Should they be shoring up the offensive line? Or should they be attacking some something on the defense? What are your thoughts? Rain, they they need to get anything they can get. <laughs> <laughs> but no, You're going to BPA uh, me? Uh, <laughs> they need a <clears throat> offensive line for sure. You know, I mean, hey. Like you said, I'm still training. New York Giants, Big Joe's ready to go. Yeah. But no, I like to see them get a – they could get one of the top line uh, tackles. Uh, they, what's his name? Should be coming back this year, though, right? So we'll see how he's going to be um, the left tackle Oh, and, um, um, from from New England. Yeah, your guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't remember my yeah. offensive lineman's name. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Continue. 
yeah, he should be back. Then you maybe add another guy with him. And, yeah, uh, wide receiver, yeah, Alabama, we were, you know, we were talking about that. That'd be a great uh, – some noise and explosion and what more of a guy in the national championship that was just dominating than uh, Devontae Smith. What do you do if you're the Jets after you draft your quarterback, Zach Wilson? Because it's not – it was – was pretty terrible with at least Adam Gase is out of there. I, I suppose that's addition by subtraction. <laughs> yes. It can't get much worse. So the only way is up for the Jets. What else do they need, Joe? I already put an application for the new Pop Warner team, Adam Gase. <laughs> 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 but now, uh, like you said, I'm available, Jets. Uh, line, line, line needs some help up there. Uh, I, w- I would see, do they have another first round pick or is it uh, after? After a second, do uh, they have another one available? Yeah, via Seattle, they got the 23rd. Uh, you can see a lineman there or uh, or another wide receiver. Like, you, like uh, you know, like I was kind of – I won't be bashful just on the Giants. They could, anything they could get their hands on, they could use as well. <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot of issues. Go ahead, Matt. So for the Patriots, do you feel like it's going to be a quarterback in the first round, or do you think they surprise people and go elsewhere? Uh, it seems like it seems like uh, you know Mel Kiper had him uh, New England going Mac Jones, and it seems like everyone's got him nervous. Uh, Mac Jones, they got him maybe going to San Francisco, and we're going up there. I think if uh, he's going to go with uh, Bill Belichick's going to go with best available. I feel like they're talking about him trading up, trading up maybe to go to the for the wait to see if they what happens at the nine pick. But I think Mac Jones would be a great fit. It seems like I would love to see a Nick Saban guy with a Bill Belichick guy, very similarities, a guy quarterback. And he seems like that Jimmy G Tom, Tom Brady type of quarterback. But uh, if Matt Jones isn't available, I could see him maybe going trading down. Interesting. You know, it's not surprising with Bill Belichick with the draft process. You just never know how it's going to play out. Who's the one guy you're really looking forward to getting drafted. Is it, is it Trevor Lawrence? Do you want to see him do well with Jacksonville, or is it someone else? Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it seems like if he was to do good, Trevor Lawrence, it wouldn't be surprising because everyone's got such high expectations. And you know, if he was to do bad, a lot of people would be disappointed. Uh, to be, you know, you know, I went to Coastal Carolina, smaller guy. A lot of people don't have faith in uh, the North Dakota State guy, Trey Lance. That would be uh, interesting to see him do good, and to, and it's kind of crazy. A lot of people don't have faith that Mac Jones is going to be a stud, so I like to see maybe some of the guys that they don't think or or Zach. I like to see Zach Wilson do good in uh, New York Jets, too. Maybe the smaller names there, and, uh, you know, I feel like everyone's got high expectations on Trevor Lawrence, so I would like to see, you know, like a Zach Wilson, Trey, Trey Lance come off and do very good. Joe Coletta is here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show. It's ESPN Radio. You know, you brought up these mock drafts. You brought up Mel Kuyper Jr. Um, I see him with a Patriots trade to the 10th slot and taking Justin Fields. Interesting. Uh, that was just at some point. That was at some point last week yes. he put that one out. They're putting these out and updating them all the time, though. Uh, your Denver Broncos, according to Mel Kuyper Jr., and what the list I'm looking at, Micah Parsons out of Penn State, However, if you look at Todd McShay's, he had Pat Sertain out of Alabama, as you know, cornerback going to your Denver Broncos. Are you good with that? What do your Broncos need to do? I think a quarterback goes there. Yeah. Which which player do you want? Yeah, yeah that's what they're saying. Uh, uh, 
they, they're saying uh, quarterback uh, that they might tr- trade up and they see something up there. That'd be interesting. I heard Elway likes Trey Lance a lot, so that'd be something interesting. But uh, yeah, the, I like uh, like last they got uh, gunslingers. They got uh, Patrick Mahomes. They got the uh, Chargers quarterback Herbert yeah. Morgan there. Yeah, they got they got Carr, uh, the cornerback from uh, Alabama. Wouldn't be an awful idea if they don't go quarterback. What about these Syracuse? Gotta, what about these Syracuse guys? We've been taking a look at Andre Cisco, Melifonu, and Trill Williams, and where they might end up. You're seeing, uh, if you look at what ESPN has predicted, Melifonu or Cisco could go to the Eagles. Uh, the Athletic had Melifonu going to Seattle, and it was Cisco to Las Vegas and Trill to Philadelphia. It seems like the consensus: Cisco and Melifonu in and around the third round. With Trill, I've I've seen. Was it Jim Moore Jr. with Mike McAllister? He was saying he might go undrafted, but he's going to get a deal. He's going to sign him as early as the sixth round. So it's really a crapshoot at this point. Yeah, it, I mean it's all speculation. So yes, he's getting drafted according to some, potentially not by others. Uh, what do you see for these three guys at the next level? Yeah, I see. Obviously, I see. You know, they had some good careers. I feel like they they'll have a get a late draft pick. Or at least a priority free agent, so they just gotta, you know, keep keep uh, keep their heads up, and no matter where they end up going, you know, you get in, and and if you don't get drafted, you know, you're you're in there just like the first round, the, the first round pick. You wake up, you're two feet on bed, and go dominate in camp and make the best of it. So after, or excuse me, after Trevor and Zach, who's the next quarterback you pick if the choice is yours, Justin Mack or Trey Lance? Justin, uh, I, I, like I said, I, I got, I'm all, I'm all going crazy about. They, they say Belichick wants Mac, so I, I go Mac. <laughs> you, so you think Belichick trades up with number three to get Mac Jones? Because it, it seems like he's going to San Francisco. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think he's gonna go to New England. But like I said, Mel Kiper listed him at nine from Bill Belichick was gonna go to New England, but all of a sudden they said San Francisco wants him. So if I was to pick the three that. One of, you said your question was what quarterback out of the three I want, right? Yeah, yeah, I would take uh, yeah Mac Mac Jones. Mac Jones over Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I wonder if one of them is going to slip. That that's my concern. We were also talking a little bit earlier about whether or not you could see the entire top ten not include a defensive player. Matt says he thinks the Cowboys, who are scheduled to pick tenth right now. We'll, we'll make sure that that doesn't happen. They'll go de- defense. But is it possible in your mind that be, between these wide receivers, you know, Devontae Smith or Waddle and these five quarterbacks or Kyle Pitts thrown into the equation, that it's all offense in the top 10? Yeah, it could. Yeah, all, all offense could be. So you got the quarterbacks. Yeah, it, it, that'd be interesting, too. A lot of people, they were talking about earlier, I, I'd like to see where Pitts is going to go. A lot of people think Atlanta, but. Well, that'll be interesting to see if uh, if Atlanta thinks they got Matt Ryan for a few more years, and I I think Matt Ryan's got a few more years, and I think Atlanta, you know, they should go tight end with Pitts. Yeah, that might yeah, if the fourth pick. That's a possibility for sure. Or is it the Dolphins via trade? I mean, there's all sorts of different scenarios that could go on here. Jamar Chase is another I think, one. I think I think Pitts might be uh, the one of the best uh, to ever do it. Like a Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. Yes, a lot of people are really high on him. And we just don't know who's going to trade up from now. You know what I mean? So the Dolphins yeah. could trade back up 
or they could move back down. The Patriots, we always know how they like to trade around. And who knows, the Giants might actually make a move. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. Did you guys see they're saying maybe Julio might be on the uh, on the go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. post uh, June first trade. Yeah, yeah. Once his contract can be moved, but they'll work something out ahead of time. It's crazy. Jamar Chase out of LSU is another one. And you know what? None of this matters because we don't really know what any of them are going to do. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, Trevor, okay, probably Zach. And after that, we just wait and wonder. It's going to be fun for a few days starting on Thursday. Joe, yeah, thank you. Go ahead, Joe, last words. If I, had to say a, if I had to say a prediction, I'd say San Francisco is going to go Mac, Mac Jones. All right, so there it is. There's your top three, Trevor, Zach, and, and Mac. And I, and I got to give him a shout-out. And I know we're on Syracuse Radio. Syracuse, you got the prospect for you. Booby Santiago, nose tackle. Buffalo just offered him. You're up. <laughs> you know, we had him on not too long ago, so it was good. It was a good conversation. That is somewhere if you scroll back in the James Mitsubishi Sports Illustrated Show podcast in your usual places. This is ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show. We're back with the last thing we'll say today, right after this. The Sports Illustrated Show with Rain and Matt. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Okay, well, so we've made some amazing adjustments. And, okay. Here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. I keep looking at Brent Axe's story on Instagram, and he's popping some Dave Matthews band in there lately. The Stone, uh, I think Halloween I saw. It was definitely Halloween. He's hyped August. He's coming back. They're going to be letting more people back in the stands Watching sporting events, that's outstanding, if you ask me. Lax with Axe is going to happen, too. Uh, he was tweeting. Is a, that a show? Uh, I just made it up. Uh, Cuse women's team, number two seed in the ACC tourney, right? And we learned May 7th, men's lacrosse team got a 4 o'clock match against Robert Morris, uh, rescheduling uh, the Utah game that was postponed or deleted from the schedule. It just seems like you have a little bit more faith in the women's team than the men's team this year. We were asked about this in the chat at Q Sports Talk, our, our thoughts on that. We had that conversation. Sportsilla Show, Orange Nation, and On the Block with Brent Axe, On Demand. Yep, Q Sports Talk, twitch.tv. Subscribe, follow the channel, interact with us in the comments section. We appreciate that. And then we were asked by Ryan Mullen, uh, whether or not, or what our thoughts were on Chris Weidman breaking his leg. It was the same thing that Anderson Silva basically broke his leg, yep. but Chris Weidman was the reason. It's just, man, what a weird circumstance to, to be the person that somebody breaks their leg on and then to then turn around and break your leg under the same circum, the same gruesome circumstances. Uh, but we did expand on that in the first couple of segments of the Sports Illustrated Show today, which is in the James Mitsubishi Sports Illustrated Show podcast wherever you happen to get yours, and that'll be posted shortly after we get off of the air. So they're back at it Wednesday. Uh, let's talk hockey real quick. Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup, seven of the next eight games. Uh, let's go Uticus, right? Crunch, Comets, yep. Thruway, Throwdown, going to be against each other. It's going to get chippy. There was a fight uh, yesterday. The Crunch demolished the Comets 7-1. It's now tied. It was a 4-2 Comets lead. Then the Crunch have stormed back and won the last two, so now it's 4-4 in the season series. I believe it's... Yeah, is it really seven more? Yes, seven Jeez, more. Jeez, man, that's a lot of hockey. If you didn't think it was, we've been wondering when it's going to get chippy. I think it just started to get a little bit chippy. It's starting to snowball. Yeah, it's starting to get a little bit crazier. You would uh, flash me a signal to catch my attention. we got about a minute left before we turn it over to Brent. So what's on your mind? Uh, so we've been talking about the NFL draft nonstop, as you know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Can't help it. Adam Schefter just put out a tweet, and he said, 
Kyle Shanahan said he and John Lynch are not paying attention to what draft experts <laughs> and 49ers fans are saying the team should do on social media. It is so irresponsible to let something like that affect your decision. Oh, you, you mean like any of us that are employed in broadcasting in any way, shape, or form? Duh. That speculate <laughs> or reference countless mock drafts that are just... A load of crap, you mean that? That these guys don't care about? Yes. And if you were wondering, uh, we'll close out today with the the fishing. We we did just get the official update. Did we? Uh, it seems to be a daily occurrence, whether we bring it up or not. Uh, Prince Odie did not go over the weekend. He had work. Oh, yeah, the honeydew list as well. Ah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, next time you go fishing, you let us know for sure. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We're going to turn it over to Brent Axe and get you on the block at the top of the hour where you will be on the air. I haven't said that a lot lately, so I had to get that off my chest. But usually you whisper it. This is ESPN Radio. He'll be on the air. Hit it.